0: the financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome to our TC podcast. I'm Ilana Singer, Chair of the Toronto Centre Securities Advisory Board. Today, we will be discussing the importance of developing capital markets and the resources that are available to regulators and supervisors, as well as other market participants. While it's something that certain countries have the luxury of taking for granted, a well-developed and viable capital market can have a significant impact on a country's economy. It is not an easy task to develop a capital market, but there are numerous resources that are available to regulators and supervisors, as well as for other market participants. To further explore this topic, I am so excited to be joined today by Anna Fiorella Carvajal. She has more than 25 years of experience in financial sector issues with a focus on capital market development, regulation, and supervision. Anna is currently the Lead Securities Market Specialist at the World Bank Group. In this role, she advises countries on issues relating to capital markets development. She has led technical assistance missions on issues related to capital markets in a wide range of emerging markets and other countries. Prior to joining the World Bank Group, Anna worked as a Senior Financial Sector Expert at the International Monetary Fund.
2: Welcome Anna. Thank you, Ilana, and thank you to the Toronto Centre for inviting me to be here with you. It's our pleasure. Now,
1: to make sure that we are all on the same page, can you explain what capital markets are
2: and how they differ from banks? First of all, let me tell you that capital markets and banks are key components of the financial sector that fulfill the role of channeling private sector funding to the real economy, that companies that need funding. But they do it in a different way. In the case of banks, depositors put their money in their banks, and it's banks, through loans, the ones that provide funding to companies. And because it is on their balance sheet, the risk is borne by the banks. And this is the key difference with capital markets. In capital markets, it's investors who directly channel their funding to companies. And because of that, they are the ones bearing the risk of that investment. And that is why disclosure is so important for capital markets, because investors need to understand the risk that they are taking when they invest in these companies. Now that we all have an understanding of capital markets,
1: Why is it important to establish and develop viable capital markets? What benefits can capital markets bring to a country's economy?
2: First of all, capital markets play a fundamental role in economic growth. Um, For companies, what the capital markets do is to provide an alternative source of funding from that of the banking sector. For companies that already enjoy funding from the banking sector, this can mean better economic terms, for example, lower interest rates and longer tenors. But in addition, capital markets can provide funding to riskier activities that traditionally would not be funded by the banking sector, and therefore in this way, capital markets foster innovation. That is the role in regard to companies, but capital markets can also play a role in government financing by allowing them to finance their fiscal deficits in the local markets and borrowing, therefore, in the local currency without exchange rate risk. Capital markets also have an important role vis-à-vis investors. First, they can provide them with investment opportunities that are more attractive in terms of their returns to bank deposits. But also, if capital markets provide an additional source of opportunities, they allow investors to diversify their portfolios and manage in this way their risk more appropriately. Uh, this is particularly critical for institutional investors, such as pension funds and insurance companies. And well-developed capital markets also provides risk management tools to the financial sector, but also to end users like agriculture companies through the derivatives markets. And the final role that capital markets can have is to be a spare time for the financial sector, helping to enhance financial stability and to manage Uh, sudden shocks that can happen in the economies.
1: Thank you, Anna. We frequently hear about attracting institutional investors when we talk about developing capital markets. Why is it important to attract
2: institutional investors? Let me start by saying that the potential contribution of capital markets to economic growth is even more relevant today, given the challenge of attaining the sustainable development goals. There are sizable financing gaps in critical sectors, such as infrastructure, housing and SME financing, that traditional funding sources, like public investment or banking, are not gonna be able to meet. For example, just in infrastructure, around $2 trillion in investments are gonna be needed through the next 15 years to meet this financing gap. And we have similar gaps in other sectors, as I said, such as housing and SMEs. And here is where capital markets can play a key role by channeling private sector funding. And here is where institutional investors play a critical role, because institutional investors have a mass, a sizable amount of assets under management that could be channeled to these sectors. For example, just in the OECD countries alone, Institutional investors, and by this I mean pension funds and insurance companies, have about $54 trillion in assets under management, and their long-term horizon is very much aligned with the long-term needs of these sectors. So this is why increasingly we talk about the role of institutional investors in mobilizing private sector funding through these sectors. Let me just pause and tell you that there's a caveat in this story, which is that for many of these sectors, uh, these capital market solutions are still new. So they are being tested. So at this moment, we're still trying to figure out what the final impact of capital markets can be.
1: Now, let's shift gears a little and talk about what it takes to develop capital markets. What economic and structural developments are needed to develop well-functioning capital markets?
2: Thank you, Ilana. Both the economic research, as well as our work in the field, point to three basic sets of preconditions for capital markets to develop. The first one is a stable macroeconomic um, environment that allows investors to have confidence and therefore being able to invest long-term the second is some level of development of the financial sector and in particular of the banking sector because banks are the first providers of credit and liquidity in a market and they send signals to capital markets in terms of the creditworthiness of the companies to which they provide funding and they also provide key infrastructure in particular the payments infrastructure and the third one is the need for a robust enabling environment And by this, I mean, first and foremost, respect for a rule of law. And with it, respect to a sets of rights of creditors and investors. In addition to making sure that
1: these economic and structural frameworks are in place, what other
2: challenges can you describe for our listeners, Anna? Well, challenges are very country specific, but in general, in many emerging and developing economies, countries face challenges that have to do with the supply side, the demand side, and the market infrastructure. And let me give you some examples. On the supply side, in many countries, there's a lack of a pipeline of companies that are willing and able to come to market. On the demand side, the problems range from not having a well-diversified base of investors, for example, just having institutional investors but not having retail investors or not having foreign investors to more specific problems in the regulations of institutional investors or in their capacity that are preventing them from investing in particular sectors or particular types of assets. And finally, in market infrastructure, we found many cases where the trading and post-trading infrastructure are inefficient and are very costly, or also the lack of intermediaries that can support development from robust securities intermediaries like brokerage houses to other information providers such as credit rating agencies or even research analyst.
0: Hope you're enjoying listening to this Toronto Centre podcast. We're working hard to bring our listeners topical content in today's fast-changing supervisory landscape. If you like this content, visit our website to learn more about our highly rated international programs covering banking, securities, and insurance and pension supervision. Enjoy the rest of our podcast.
1: As great as the benefits are, developing capital markets sounds like it will take a lot of dedicated work. Based on your experience, what is the role of regulators and supervisors in capital
2: markets development? Well, securities regulators have a key role to play in capital markets development. And I will group them into two key roles. First one, they're in charge of setting the rules of the game. That is the framework under which companies seek funding from investors and securities intermediaries provide services to those companies as well as to investors and in doing so they need to make sure that those regulations are aligned with international standards while at the same time that they are proportionate to the market structure so that they don't stifle development and innovation Uh, furthermore This point of innovation is very important. Regulators need to make sure that those regulations provide a space for innovation. In many countries, regulations are crafted thinking just of humans applying that regulation and not understanding that in many cases now it is through financial technology that many services are going to be provided to and that those regulations need to be accounting of that. And the other point that is important for securities regulators to understand is that regulation is not a one-shot deal exercise. Rather, regulators need to evaluate on a periodic basis whether those regulations remain in line with market structure, and if they are not, then they need to be willing to make the changes that are necessary. And for this, having effective mechanisms to communicate with the public and with the private sector are key throughout the process and including in the rulemaking process. So the second role is in regard to supervision and enforcement. Once the regulations are in place, supervisors need to make sure that those rules are complied with, because in reality, regulations are as strong as the supervision and enforcement of a securities regulator. And this is an area where we find tremendous challenges in emerging markets. Sometimes those challenges are due to capacity issues, uh, funding issues, but in some cases, they are also due to misperceptions. And perhaps the most infor- important misperception is the belief that a strong enforcement can stifle, a market can stifle innovation. And What I always said to regulators when they ask me about this tension between enforcement and development is that if you set up your regulations in a proportionate manner, then you need to enforce them. Because in the long run, a regulator that is not willing to enforce the regulations that they impose loses credibility, and when they lose credibility, in the end, investors lose faith in the market and in the integrity of that market. Thanks,
1: Anna. Who are some of the market participants and intermediaries with whom you believe regulators and supervisors should engage and strategize?
2: Well, Ilana, developing capital markets is a long-term endeavor that requires actions well beyond the jurisdiction of securities regulators and that involve a whole set of public and private sector actors and thus it is critical that all these stakeholders are be brought to the table. And on the public sector, I'm referring to authorities such as ministries of finance, governor of central banks, ministries of economy. On the private sector, I'm referring to exchanges, brokerage houses, even banks and investors. And one potential mechanism to bring them all together is through the constitution of committees for capital markets development where all these key stakeholders have representation. Even with all of the
1: right parties engaged, regulators and supervisors will likely face challenges in developing their local capital markets. What are some resources or types of assistance that are available at the World Bank to assist regulators, supervisors, companies, investors and other market participants in this regard?
2: The World Bank has been assisting countries in developing their capital markets for more than 40 years and we do so mainly through a combination of advisory services and transaction support. On the advisory services, what I refer to is basically technical assistance that can range from diagnostics and action plans, to the actual implementation of those action plans. And depending on the country, the advice could be very specific of, for a, a specific bottleneck that the government calls us to help them address, or it could be very encompassing to try to tackle all the challenges for capital markets development. So it's very demand driven and depending on the level of development of the market and the request uh, from a country and on the other side we have the transaction part of it and what I mean by this is that we use our balance sheet and the balance sheet of the IFC the International Finance Corporation which is our investment bank to foster transactions that are catalytic of capital markets development for example we provide credit guarantees or um, to align the risk return appetite of investors with a particular product or through the IFC, we take a position as investors so that we can give comfort to other institutional investors to invest in these products. And more recently, what we are trying to do is to combine better this advisory support with these transactions and provide them in a joint way. And this is what we are calling now, the JCAP for Joint Capital Markets Initiative so if we hear, if you hear about the Jacob approach, is an initiative that seeks to bring together transactions and advisory in a way that one reinforces the other. Now, this Jacob
1: approach sounds extremely interesting and innovative, Anna. Can you provide our
2: listeners with an example? Thank you. Of course, Ilana. Yes, and let me give you The example of Colombia that actually was our pilot in this new approach. Six years ago, the government of Colombia approached us and requested our assistance to help them mobilize institutional investors to infrastructure financing and in particular to the financing of highways and what we did that time that was different from previous times is that we gave or provided the authorities with a one-stop shop whereby we assemble an interdisciplinary team that provided advisory in many different areas ranging from the framework for PPPs, the regulations of pension funds, the regulations for issuance to transactions and on the transaction side we invested in FDN, Financiera de Desarrollo Nacional, which is an investment bank in um, Colombia that helps the government to achieve this goal of mobilizing infrastructure financing. And we also invested in an infrastructure debt fund that was created to mobilize pension funds to the financing of highways. And so by being investors in these two key institutions, what we did was to help mobilize pension funds, the local pension funds to infrastructure financing. And through this fund, uh, the government of Colombia was able to raise roughly about $400 million for infrastructure financing. So this new approach that we're using again of combining advisory and transactions in a way that one reinforces each other we're now expanding it and we're using it in seven countries which are indonesia kenya morocco peru vietnam south africa and the west african community and now we have plans to expand it to other countries anna this session
1: has been very insightful but it's unfortunately time to conclude What is one key takeaway for regulators and supervisors to keep in mind when they are developing their own capital markets? Well,
2: first of all, for me, the main takeaway is the key role that regulation and supervision have for capital markets development. And as a result, the need for regulators to actively engage with other public and private participants with a view to assisting in the development of comprehensive action plans for capital markets development. Thank you, Anna. I really do wish we had more time to discuss. But
1: even in the short time we've spent together, I'm taking away three things. First, the importance of capital markets for the long-term health of a country's financial sector. Second, the need for a robust economic and structural framework as a basis and precondition for the development of a robust and strong capital market. Third and finally, the key contribution that securities, regulators, and supervisors can make and should make to the development of a country's capital markets. Thank you again, Anna, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to provide us with your valuable insights. I would also like to thank all of the listeners of this podcast. The Toronto Centre Securities Advisory Board is currently working on numerous podcasts focused on initiatives in the capital markets. So please check back on the Toronto Centre website regularly. Anna, it was great speaking with you today.
2: Ilana, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much.